God's love exceeds our expectations. In our first reading, we hear about this episode where the people of God, the people of Israel, they turn from the Lord, the one who has saved them from slavery in Egypt. It has been called Israel's original sin. That turning from God after he has freed them, turning back to the pagans that those who enslaved them worshipped in Egypt, to the pagan god of their slavery, rejecting freedom and rejecting mercy. And this happens all throughout the Old Testament. The Old Testament is this repetition of God making a covenant, God forgiving his people, and then his people turning away from him time and time and time again. And what is our Lord's answer? Repent. 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 Let's begin again. A new covenant. And then they fall again. Okay, let's repent. A new covenant. I make a new covenant of love with you. I am your God and you are my people. Over and over and over. So over and over and over, our Lord's mercy and love exceeds the expectations of the people. He says, they, they, they say many times, Lord, we no longer deserve to be called your people. And yet, he makes them his people again and again and again. Now their sin is our sin as well. Ransomed from sin and death by the unfathomable mercy and love of God. Set free from our slavery to sin by the sacrifice of Jesus. How often do we turn back to the idols of our old lives? Those old sins that dog us. Our personal pride. Lord, I did it my way. Or our lust. Our desire for the things of this world. And our pursuit of those things, whatever it may be, pursuit of those sins over and above pursuit of this relationship with God. So very often we do this, brothers and sisters. And yet, God's love exceeds our expectations. You see, God's love exceeded the expectation of the prodigal son. He speaks aloud to himself. We get to hear the narrative of his mind. He says, I know what I shall do. I shall get up and go to my father and I shall say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I no longer deserve to be called your son. Treat me as you would treat one of your hired workers. So his expectations of his father's mercy are quite low. At least I could just be a hired worker in the house of my father. Maybe in some small way he'll forgive me. I expect a scolding. I expect punishment. And what happens? He goes home. And while he is still afar off, his father sees him, meaning his father is anxiously awaiting his return home. His father runs to meet him. His father embraces him. His father forgives him on the spot. Even before he can go through his whole act of contrition. He puts a ring on his finger, a cloak about his shoulders, new sandals on his feet. He kills the fattened calf. He throws a party. Rejoice, he says, for my son who was dead is alive again. It's rejoicing. God's love exceeds our expectations. And how often do we have the same expectations as that prodigal son? How often have our thoughts 
been narrated perhaps in this way. No, Lord, the Lord probably couldn't forgive this sin of mine. I won't even go. I won't even approach the Lord. I'll just sort of sit in my pew quietly or I'll sort of drift away quietly. I won't, I won't bring my contrition before the Lord because I, 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 don't, I don't want to face Him. I don't want to face uh, perhaps the, the scolding of our Lord. And then we forget who our Lord is. Who our Lord is. That, that accusation of the people in the gospel today is true. This man welcomes and eats with sinners. So we can stay instead, as we said in our responsorial psalm, I shall rise and go to my Father, confident in His love, confident in His mercy, because I know I won't walk into the confessional and be scolded. It's not the place for scolding. It's the place for love, for mercy, for joy, for redemption. It's the most beautiful thing that I get to witness this moment of coming home, this moment of joy, this moment of, of ease in the Lord's mercy. It is a moment of victory in the cross of Christ. And it is a place of rejoicing. And having gone there, having unburdened ourselves, having given everything we have in our heart to our Lord, said that, confessed our sins, like that prodigal son did, brought our contrition, and we heard once again in the psalm, the humble contrite heart, O God, you will not spurn, not being spurned, but, re- but rejoiced over, we return and are welcomed by our Lord. Sinners that we are, we are welcomed, and then we eat with Him. And it's not just any meal, brothers and sisters. What we share here today is the fullness of what our Lord has to offer, His body and blood, soul and divinity. It's not just a fattened calf that we offer to the Lord, but the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. What could be better? We confess our sins. We are not greeted with scolding or punishment. But mercy, love, forgiveness, we begin again. We are welcomed home and we come to the wedding feast of the Lamb right here. God's love exceeds our expectations. So let's run home to Him and experience that love and mercy which knows no bounds.